Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. The city of Piedmont in the East Bay is a bit of a geographical oddity. I looked at a map. And I saw that Piedmont was almost like a donut hole in the center of Oakland. This is David Levine, our question asker today. On the map, he saw this tiny city, not even two square miles in size, surrounded on all sides by the city of Oakland. And if you take a close look, the borders of Piedmont seem to make no sense. Instead of following streets or physical landmarks like the borders of most towns do, in Piedmont, the borders snake around, sometimes through the middle of homes. All this got David wondering. Why is Piedmont a separate city from Oakland? This is Bay Curious, the podcast that explores the Bay Area one question at a time. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This week, we're bringing you the wild, unexpected origin story of the city of Piedmont. This story first aired in 2019, but it's a topic we still get questions about on the regular. So, Piedmont fans, Piedmont attractors, and all you generally curious people, stick around for some answers. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Now, this is a story about Piedmont, of course, but as soon as we started digging around, we found... The story of Piedmont starts in Oakland. KQED's Chris Hambrick brings us the tale. In the late 1800s, Oakland incorporated, going from ranch land and small settlement clusters to becoming an official city. Almost immediately, it started to grow. Oakland leaders were under a very ambitious program to uh, enlarge the city's boundaries and increase the population. That's Steve Lavoie, 
He's an Oakland librarian who curated an exhibit on Piedmont history. This program to expand Oakland's boundaries was called the Greater Oakland Movement. City leaders wanted to add more land and more residents. This movement was not so much motivated by economic interests, but it was motivated by the anti-monopoly uh, group who felt that small cities were rife for corruption. They thought the smaller the city, the greater the chance that greedy folks would do something like raid the treasury or discourage competition among businesses. The original plan would have created the largest city on the Pacific coast at the time. This large city could only come together if they could convince all of the neighboring towns and communities without their own governments to join Oakland. Oakland started at about 170 city blocks in size. It grew from there by absorbing surrounding towns whose names you might recognize as neighborhoods today. Temescal. Brooklyn. Fruitvale. Elmhurst. Melrose. They tried to get Berkeley, but Berkeley said, no thanks. Each annexation required a vote by people in the town. You know, it wasn't like an aggressive kind of corporate takeover or anything. It was more negotiation with various town councils. That's Oakland librarian Dorothy Lazard. Oakland city leaders kept eyeing new territory, and soon Piedmont was squarely in its crosshairs. The city council took a measure to vote an annexation of all the land in what is now Piedmont and a whole bunch of other East Oakland uh, hamlets. Oakland City Council set the vote on annexing Piedmont for January 1907. But then something went wrong. In their paperwork, they failed to name one of the districts that they wanted to annex, and the vote was postponed until March. This left a really big opening for mayhem. In the meantime, a group in Piedmont who opposed annexation jumped on the opportunity to try and incorporate Piedmont as a way of preventing annexation into Oakland. During the delay in Oakland's vote, some Piedmont residents, a mix of bohemian artists and business people, filed a petition to hold their own election to become a city. If they could beat Oakland to the punch, they hoped Piedmont would remain rural and undeveloped. Piedmont historian Ann Swift says convincing other Piedmonters to incorporate was no easy feat. They're having meetings every other night, practically, trying to rally the troops and get everybody excited about creating this new city. But there was also opposition. Something that happened back in 1892 weighed heavily on the minds of voters. The Piedmont Springs Hotel, which was a great, huge, three-story, white-clabbered edifice that sat in the center of the city, caught fire early one morning in November. That grand hotel was Piedmont's biggest tourist attraction, a place where wealthy San Franciscans came to relax. Piedmont didn't have city services, so Oakland's fire department was summoned to come put out the fire. Because in those days, there were no fire hydrants. You had to bring the water with you. Well, imagine a team of horses dragging a big tanker full of water up Oakland Avenue, for instance. Very, very difficult and slow going. So by the time the fire wagons got to the hotel, they were just sitting with everybody else watching the embers burn. 
It took Oakland's fire department a whopping two hours to get to the hotel. It was completely gone. And that was what happened if your house in the Piedmont Hills caught fire. So Piedmonters were adamant about wanting their own fire service. All the Piedmont residents agreed that they needed a better solution for fire response, but they differed on whether better meant being a part of Oakland or figuring it out as their own city. Piedmont had no experience with levying taxes and valuating property and providing all these city services. And so all of that was going to have to be created. And there was a sizable part of the city who thought there was no need to go through that. The big vote on whether Piedmont should incorporate happened in January 1907. Eighteen more men voted to become a city than uh, voted to not become a city. But here's where it gets tricky. Oakland's vote to annex Piedmont still went forward. And in March, a majority of Piedmont residents voted to join Oakland. But this was impossible now that Piedmont was its own city. So the only thing that the opponents in the Piedmont Hills can do is to hold an election to disincorporate a city. So they hold another election in September, and more people vote to become part of the city of Oakland, to disincorporate Piedmont, than vote to stay a city. So I always ask the school kids, well, so how come I'm not talking to you in Oakland City Hall? It's one of those little nuggets of law that people don't know much about or care much about until they have to. It requires two-thirds vote of the people to disincorporate a city. And they failed to get two-thirds. Piedmont stayed a separate city, but its edges weave in and out of Oakland. This is because in their haste to file paperwork to incorporate Piedmont, proponents grabbed the only map they had on hand to define the boundaries. It was a map of the sewer lines that snaked underneath the houses in Piedmont. So what does that mean for the borders of Piedmont today? (laughs) It means that there are 136 parcels, a portion of which are in Piedmont, and a portion of which are in Oakland. So, Chris, it sounds like Piedmont will continue to be sort of this city within a city, you know, the Vatican of the East Bay, if you will. Now, I know our question asker had a few concerns about how Oakland and Piedmont interact. Did any of those issues sort of come to light for you as you were reporting the story? I learned that both Oakland and Piedmont have an agreement to back each other up when it comes to fire and police services, and that Piedmont pays the city of Oakland to use their library since they don't have any of their own. But when it comes to resident to resident interaction, that relationship is a little bit more strained than people would admit on tape. In, in general, Piedmont residents enjoy having this small town feel within their city. They know their public officials by name. They, they know their neighbors. But it seems like some Piedmont residents feel judged for being able to live that way. And on the Oakland side, there's this feeling that Piedmont residents have been more deliberate in separating themselves. And they, they did that along race and class lines. And why do you think there's this perception? Where does that come from? I think it kind of stems from back in the 1920s. Um, Piedmont had a police chief by the name of Burton Becker, and Burton was an active member of the Ku Klux Klan. He um, held Klan meetings inside of his house. And at a time when Oakland had banned the Klan because the jurisdiction was different, um, he was shielded a little bit from persecution being in Piedmont. He could not be banned because Piedmont is its own city. And then after World War II, when many African-Americans were migrating to the Bay Area from the American South, 
Oakland's housing stock was more affordable than Piedmont, so people ended up settling in Oakland. Piedmont's residents are 68% white and 21% Asian, according to the 2020 census. Compare that to Oakland, which has much larger Black and Latino populations. Some people view this as evidence that Piedmont created a community that excludes based on race and class. And I understand there hasn't been any, like, super serious effort to, you know, merge Piedmont and Oakland. But there was a social media campaign a few years back. Can you tell me about the Liberate Piedmont movement? So a high schooler named Noah Goldstein wanted to explore the possibility of merging Piedmont and Oakland because he felt like Piedmont residents enjoy the benefits of Oakland without having to pay for them. And Piedmont residents pay hefty taxes to support their schools and their city services, but they pay that money to the city of Piedmont. But it sounds like Piedmont residents weren't super keen on this idea of becoming a part of Oakland. Yeah, that's what I gathered. Even though the city founders couldn't shield it from development, in an area that's just 1.7 square miles, they did succeed in creating a city with a small town feel. A big thanks to Bay Curious listener David Levine for asking this week's question. Liam O'Donohue, the host and creator of the East Bay Yesterday podcast, was a big help with the research on this story. If you haven't checked out Liam's podcast yet, I highly suggest you give it a try. Just search East Bay Yesterday. Bay Curious is produced in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. The show is made by Katrina Schwartz, Christopher Beal, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Springer, Cesar Saldana, Maha Sanad, Holly Kernan, and the whole KQED family. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.